Welcome back to the Code of Man this week. We welcome back our long-lost co-host as well as a brand-new guest, and we're going to be talking about how we grow in Christian maturity, reaching that next level in our walk with Christ. Christ lives in the heart of a champion. And this is a great big day for us here at the Code Podcast because we get to welcome back to our studios. You know, this reminded me of The Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings series. Huh. Remember the third in the Lord of the Rings series? The oh. Return of the King? Oh, yes. Oh. I thought yep. you were talking about the Hobbit movies. Wow. And so welcome back to the studios, the most sought-after guest of all time, and once again, Roland Napoleon. You have any sound effects or applauses or anything? Nah. Amateur. Was <laughs> Amateurs. Very undramatic. Welcome back, but yeah, I was heartfelt ex- for me. Well, oh. and I appreciate that because Mr. E.T. over here. Me. Well, <laughs> thanks a lot, pal. Missed you too. I mean, I was waiting for some kind of, you know, like, hey, it's it's good to be back here live and in person. And then I was going to follow that up with, it, it's good to have you back how's here How's it feel to be back person? with him hitting the table again? Well, he's already like thrown the, the hand up several yeah. times. So I mean, hold, hold, hold. you caused that. Your return has caused him to pound the table and yeah. throw his hands at the I you know what hit else this my table return? in three episodes. Well, you know what else my return has caused? <laughs> Listenership has just skyrocketed. You're welcome. Yeah, because you're going to listen to this episode. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for finally listening again. <laughs> Pal, Woo. you know it. You and Mrs. Napoleon. Yeah, she don't listen. Well, she'll listen as long as it's not more than 30 minutes. Uh. Well, anyway. We also have in our studio today a longtime listener, soon perhaps to be the new most sought-after guest, mm. depending on how things go. But we've got with us Noah Moatten Hooper. Hello, glad to be here today. You want to explain Moatten for our <laughs> listeners? Moatten is an acronym for Man of a Thousand Trail Names, which I've received courtesy of Dr. Dean, Dr. E.T., and Dr. Overtrack many times, many times. Y'all, y'all are not doctors. You're bonafide wow. up in here. Yeah, trail not. names such as copy and paste. What are my other trail names? I can't even Sunchip. 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 Uh, Kodak Radar. Mountie. See? Next time. Next yeah. time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, Just to sir. name a few. Just to name a few. <laughs> so we got about... the orange bud. <laughs> yeah. No, sir. The other one. I'm all right. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. the new one. That's the new one I heard about. <laughs> Gets that a lot. Sound check. Sound check. Yeah. You can hear them coming. Well... I think that since you are just now back with us, Napoleon, you know, folks are definitely going to want to know the backstory here. I mean, you've mm. been gone. You have been for a few weeks now and missed. I, I don't I don't know how else to say it. Old Uncle COVID took me out, and <laughs> I, I've been gone. I don't know how else to say it. But you can't, it's like you said, you can't get COVID through a podcast. That's right. Everybody's so, safe. So everybody listening, room, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> everybody listening is safe, so. All I can say is, it's good to be back. Well, it's good to have you back. And I'm not and a sought-after guest. I'm one of the hosts. I don't know why you keep calling me a sought-after guest. It just got the feeling that way when I, I, you're absent. Oh, Your absence okay. calls well, us. I'm, but I'm, you know what they say about absence? You yeah. get used to it. 
Yeah. Oh, snap. That escalated quickly. Now, now, now your the sarcasm is no longer coming from your side. It's back to normal. All right. And now that we have uh, brought the equilibrium back to this podcast, let's equilibrium. Keep... Yeah. Well, right. let's roll right into our topic for the day before everybody well. else gets gets busy doing other things. <laughs> I I didn't really know exactly how I wanted to entitle this, but the topic is reaching the next level in our journey of manhood how we go from where we are to where we need to be. We have a process of growth that has to happen in every man's life. Every man has to go through it. In fact, one of the things that I wrote down over here on my notes, reaching the next level process cannot be rushed. Hmm. It cannot be forced. It cannot be coerced. And right up front, that's probably one of the key lessons that I suspect most of us brought into this discussion today So it is a a process. How do we then get from one level to the next? E.T. over there and I were talking this morning about where our society is in terms of here we are in this COVID, as you were speaking to, this COVID age, this, this age of the virtual, this age of isolationism. You know, you think about where we are as a society today, it seems like or feels like sometimes that it's all gone to pot. For me, I look around and I see this loss of some key character qualities in society as a whole, but largely for men in terms of what we're talking about today. Loyalty is something that is diminishing rapidly in this culture. Resilience is something that is diminishing rapidly in this culture. Diligence is a foreign word. And then also personal responsibility. I was saying to him, we live in a time today where people just do what they want to do and they expect you to just understand. Yeah. Now, to follow the train of thought on that, I was saying and thinking, man, COVID has expedited all of this. The last two years, they're just it's ruining culture. The, the this generation and all generations to come are just gonna just go downhill and it's all gonna be lost. And then it hit me. You know, we had the Spanish flu in nineteen eighteen through nineteen twenty. And after those two years of the entire world, the entire planet being under that, saw the rise of the greatest generation in America. Mm. And it makes you think that, hey, it doesn't necessarily mean all is lost. Maybe there's a generation that will rise up after this that will become what we are missing today. How do we get there? And how do we help our brothers, the younger and the older, to get there, to get to that next level? So let me do one more thing and then open up this topic for discussion. I want to read from the scriptures. 1 John chapter 2, and in verse number 12, John writes to the church there, I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his namesake. I write unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because ye have known the Father. I have written unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one. John gives us three levels. There's the entry level of little children. All believers enter at that level. Every child of God is born into the family as little children. Then he mentions young men. The young men He speaks about them, their characteristic is they are strong and they have overcome the evil. There's a lot of vitality, a lot of energy in them. They are warriors. Then there are the fathers. 
the fathers, he says the same thing about them both times in those verses. He says that they have known him that is from the beginning, which I think specifically he's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ and their deep, intimate relationship with Christ that has been developed over a lifetime of walking with Christ. All three of these levels kind of introduce to us the idea or the concept of, okay, where are we? What helped us get to where we are? And how do we get to the next level? And how do we bring up those behind us to the next level? So I just want to lay all that on the table with that introduction and say, hey, where do we go from there? Right off the bat, I love that the that the one that is writing and, and giving these three levels is someone that we can see from Scripture and see him living out all three of those levels. You know, we see him at the very, very, very early days of following Christ. But then we see a lot of John's life when he's in that uh, that young man stage where he's he's strong, he's he's energetic, he's one of the sons of thunder, he's ready to just go full steam ahead, passionate about Jesus, but obviously not nearly as far developed as he is by the time that he is now pinning down you know these letters here, first, second, and third John, and so you see the growth. But the thing that I that I absolutely love is you see him be used greatly in the work of the Lord in all three of these stages. There is no okay, well he's here, but boy, he's really going to do something for the Lord later. He was able to be utilized in whatever phase he was in to accomplish the work, and I think that's something that we as men need to grasp right off the bat. Wherever we currently are in this process, the Lord can absolutely use us right here. Yes, he wants to grow us, but there is something for us to do right here. It's important just to start the process right now. Yeah, the thing about John is John only had like a 600-word vocabulary, which is what? Equivalent to maybe a fourth grader, fifth grader? And like you just said, he was used in a tremendous way by the Lord and one thing that, that I can take from that is John was a disciple. He was devoted, and he wanted to grow. He wanted to be taught. He, he was asking—we we saw John as a very young Christian make some mistakes, but we also saw John along the way uh, really help others because he was constantly maturing. And when I look at this topic, the, the one thing that really comes out if we are going to be used but also mature to the next level, we have to want that. Mm-hmm. We can't just expect it. One of the things that we did here for this episode was to bring in three generations of, of guys. So we have a Gen Zer over here, old Moatten, who's representing that, that crowd. We got the two millennials, you know, the, the backbone of the code right here. You don't get one without the other. That's right. And <laughs> My then, pal. Then you've got the Gen Xer. So we've got three generations represented here. Not that we represent these three levels, but at least mm-hmm. giving a perspective of growth. So hopefully we bring perspective that no matter where a guy is right now, he's going to hear his voice represented and reflected mm-hmm. in this conversation. You brought up something, Napoleon, that in, in where I was thinking, but you've already brought it up, and that is the fact that there can be some setbacks along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. One of my favorite athletes of all time, John Smoltz, he's a former pitcher for the Braves, he said one of the reasons he was so successful is because how he handled his failure. And that's a quote I, I've never been able to let go of, especially when I got to that stage in life when I was – 
mid to late 20s, early 30s, is how a man handles his failure really determines what the rest of his life is going to look like. It's really going to determine what kind of father he is, what kind of husband he's going to be. Because if I cannot admit to a simple mistake, what does that mean? How am I going to mature in any other area? If I can't simply say, you know what, I was wrong. Mm -hmm. I made a Mm -hmm. mistake. Let's relish in this moment. Let's relish in this awful humiliation and and all of this stuff. Make it right with those that I've let down, and then move on and get better. Learning to accept failures, but for me it was to not be destroyed by them. Oh, man, I— I have I have so disappointed the Lord. I have I'm just a no. One part of the the maturing process is the understanding. Okay, yeah, I failed. I blew it. I messed up. But I can't remain here. This is not where the Lord wants me to stay. Being able to be open minded and see, okay, what can I learn from? But then also understanding, I don't need to be just devastated and distraught by this. But I need to move forward and allow. Jesus to put the pieces back together and get me back on the track that he had me going in before. Let's lay out the, the, the three levels of growth here a little bit because how do we kind of make some connect some dots and make sense of this? So when John gives us little children, the distinguishing trait that he uses about them is that they their sins are forgiven, okay? And when you think about a young believer, a new Christian, that's the thing they relish. That's the thing they rejoice in. In my own life, that was the thing in the early years that most moved me. I'm forgiven. I'm a new creature. My old, my old past, it's all gone now. And, and that's an important thing to think about. Um, they're at a very basic level. Then he says at the next step, or the next time he mentions them, he says they know the Father. So what I see in, in them as far as their distinctive qualities are, they rejoice in the fact that their sins are forgiven, but they are learning to serve. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that, that stands out about them. But you got the young men. The distinguishing mark of the young man is, he says, they, over, they have overcome the evil. And then he says that they are strong. And so what, what you see with a, a man who has reached this level is he knows something about battle. He knows something mm-hmm. about the need for strength, and he's learned how to tap into that strength, and he's fought and won a few battles. So he is strong. He's making advances. He's, he's got that vitality, that, that energy. That's the, that level that he's at. And then, of course, there's the fathers. And with them, the thing that John says twice is they know the one that was from the beginning. They know God. They know Jesus. They are marked by maturity. And here's the thing about a father. They're reproducing themselves. Mm distinguishing mark. What are the ways we find ourselves maturing and moving up to that next level, right? How do we see that in our own life? Where do you see yourself now making some progress and what's helping you move to that next level? I would say in my own life, maybe more so in the past and continuing now is as I've seen the growth in my life, it's been an increasing desire for the word of God, an increasing desire to study God's word and to know God's word. And to then apply that to my life and seek to live it out. Another area that I believe the Lord has really let me grow in now is the area of sharing the faith, of bringing that witness into my day-to-day life because I struggle to be bold in that area. But I sense that's a couple of areas that the Lord's trying to bring me into and, and grow me in. For me, I'm coming to the point that I'm better understanding the breakdown that even John is describing here. So I'm identifying even in my own life 
hopefully coming out of the little children stage. You know, that's that's where I'm finding myself is is probably still hovering around that hopefully upper little children stage because I'm beginning to have more of a true understanding of what your sins are forgiven are, what what genuine forgiveness means and how that applies to me, you know, in my day-to-day life, what I don't have to carry with me, and then what, because I have received that forgiveness from Christ, how then I can turn around and display that genuine forgiveness for others. And with that has come the removal of, of maybe a lot of, I don't. I would hope not arrogance that that was evidenced in in my in my early earlier ministry days. I, I don't feel that it was an arrogance, but it was definitely a, a naive nature. You know, thinking things were far more cut and dry, black and white. You know, well, we just ought to be doing this, or we just ought to be. This is the right way to do it. When truth be told, I mean, in my early twenties, I didn't have any idea how to do it. You know, there was still so much growth. And I think over the last couple of years, I've been able to see just how much growth has been needed in my own life. I'll vividly remember my first day of Bible college as an 18-year-old young man. You know, I had grown up in a pastor's home for most of my life. I'd gone to a Christian school for most of my life. You know, I had the head knowledge of Scripture. I could tell you, you know, facts, procedures, step-by-step stuff, this, that, and the other. So I came into Bible college really thinking, not that I had it all, but really almost like a college for me is going to be more of a validation, like, okay, I've gone through the steps. It's just solidifying what I've already known. Looking back now as a 30, almost 32-year-old man and looking back at myself then, man, I have learned in 14 years just how much I didn't even know that day. And so for me, that's, a, that's an evidence of growth just by being able to see, learn so much more since then and still have so much more to go. We were talking this morning we agree, for the sake of our Gen Z in the room, either cover your ears or lean in to listen. But we both agree, and, and Napoleon, see what you think about this, and then you can answer. I think I thought I knew more than I actually did in my early 20s than when I was a teenager. You know, we, we pick on the teenagers of saying, hey, you know, you act like you think you know everything. Yeah. I actually think that hits you in your early 20s more yeah. uh, than it does as a teenager. I agree 110%. I'd say I can add to that as I feel like I've had to – deal with that. That's been some areas I've had to grow in in my own life because I'm in Bible college like E.T. was, and there are times whenever you're growing in that knowledge and you think, oh, I've got it all figured out, and then the Lord has to bring you back in and remind you you don't have it all figured out. But in that, he's been bringing me back to Christ and helping me see that, yes, it's good to know that. It's good to know this truth, but bringing it into our life and not just making a mere head knowledge think, oh, I've got it all together because clearly don't have it all together. Mm -hmm. As the other millennial in the room, I would say um, one of the biggest marks of my maturity, I think, is how I handle conflict, any form of conflict. And, you know, looking back as a younger man, how I handled conflict, either losing my temper or just shutting down completely. Losing the temper was probably more late teens, early 20s. Just shutting down and being even passive, that would be like mid to late 20s. Just kind of like, you know what? It is what it is. They're going to. Now it's more handling that conflict and actually being able to minister to hearts on a one on one level. I think that's one of the biggest marks of a maturity in any stage of a man's life is when you can truly minister to hearts 
and be able to stop what you're doing and the person who's talking to you or, or whatever it is that's in front of you, that's what you're doing right now. You're not thinking about the other hundred things. Of course, if you have little kids, you got to make sure, you know, Brody and Hunter aren't about to jump off the pulpit or something. But yes. you, you still, you take time to actually focus on what's in front of you. And you not only lead with your heart, but you lead with your head. And it's, it's those conflicts that make you uncomfortable, that you you don't see coming, that you're able to actually do your job as a minister. Be like, okay, where's God at in this? And what can I do or say to help someone? I would say that's my, my big evidence of growing. You begin to realize the value of conflict, the, the, the value that we can come together and we can have this discussion Yes, there's friction. You know, there's there's two opposing sides right here. This individual is going to give their side. I'm going to give my side. It might get uncomfortable. But if we're both spiritually minded, or even if they're not spiritually minded, but I'm spiritually minded and I'm seeking the mind of Christ, there can be goodness that can come from this conflict. You know, I think the the immature side says, well, I'm just going to handle it. I'm just going to suppress it kind of develop a little bit of that martyr idea and syndrome of, you know, well, this is just something I'm going to internalize. But the man, I think even, you know, the the strong man, the, the one that is that is strengthening himself in the Lord has come full circle or is at least coming full circle to see difficult things play a vital role. Hard things are supposed to happen because that's a necessary thing for me to grow. And so rather... The immature man may shy away from the difficult things. The man who is growing and maturing says, okay, I need this difficulty. I need this hardship because it's going to bring me forward. So what I'm hearing from from all of you that is common is that you are recognizing the marks of transition in your life. In other words, you are looking ahead, not just where you are, but you're seeing where you need to be going. That vision of growth is vital to every man, no matter where they are. There's a word called graduate, right? It's a very basic word, but it means to pass from one stage of experience, proficiency, or prestige to a higher one. It implies that it is a process. It takes time. It can't be rushed. It can't be forced. It can't be coerced. You have to go through that process. We've talked in previous podcasts about the process of growing and maturing in faith. So what helps us do that then? Now I want to point out, when Noah was talking, everything he said reflected the little children passage right here. Because he said, and that's that's not a derogatory thing, okay? What he said was, I'm, I'm hungry for the Word of God, I'm learning how to serve God, and everything was about service and about doing, right? That is exactly what John says here. He tells us little children are learning to serve from this heart that's excited about this life they have. Mm -hmm. Then when you two begin to talk, E.T. used the word right out, out of the gate of understanding. See, that's a deeper level. Not that the little children level aren't growing in understanding, but your focus now is on a deeper understanding of things. You're not just learning the facts. You're not just, but you're going to, to a deeper level. And, uh, you know, you talked about, of course, Napoleon handling conflict, which is a mark of these young men that they are learning how to wage battle and do things with the right spirit. For me, where I feel like I'm at right now is 
and you used the phrase, the mind of Christ, but that's become a big thing for me over the last few years of my life is to move into a deeper, intimate, personal walk with Jesus Christ, with Jesus as the man, the person, the Lord, the shepherd. That's something that I did not understand, did not comprehend, and frankly, didn't value like I should a handful of years ago. But now it's become kind of this this thing of it's it's becoming all I want. I'm still a young man. In the spiritual application, I know I'm still a young man because I still see a lot of that in me, what I think is captured by that. But I also, like you guys just described, I can see the next level, and I want to get there. So, so back to that question, full circle, what is going to help us or what or who has helped you to get to where you are right now? Let me answer that question by asking a question. So when, when would you say did you start, because you, you made the comment a couple of years ago or a handful of years ago, mm-hmm. when did you, over Trek, start to really want that intimate relationship with Christ? Maybe not. Maybe that's not the way to ask it, but when did you really start to grow and pursue that and get to where you are now? The first immediate answer that comes to mind is back around 2015 okay. when I was in a transition period. And I didn't recognize fully what was happening in my life in the couple of years leading up to that. But there was a great change that was happening inside of me and in my heart to move me from where I was at, where my family was at, serving to becoming a pastor. And in that process of change, it brought to me an awareness of my need that I needed more of God. Yeah. I needed more of him, his presence, his power in my life, not just not just in the cliche way that you right. hear it all the time, you know, like we've got this this idea of what the presence of God is. If someone's shouting, if someone's running, if someone's yeah. well when that awareness came in me that God was asking more of me, I knew I needed more of him, yeah. and I began to seek that. And that's that's a great point because wanting to mature and having that 30,000-foot view or just looking ahead, that comes with it. Because And this is a perfect example because one of the, the key people I can think of who has helped me tremendously has been old Overtrek across the room. The, the, reason, the reason I asked that question is because no doubt you were probably in me and Easy Target's shoes a decade ago, How what you're seeing us, you know, age-wise, knowing five, six, seven years ago that God had something for you, not knowing what it was, but saying, hey, I want to be, wherever God has me, I want to be able to help those and minister to those mm-hmm. because here we are needing that help and needing th- that maturity to help us get to where we want to get to so that's where i'm at right now as well i don't want to be at this maturity level in 10 years i want to be able to help someone who's where i'm at right now in their journey and be able to get them to the next level Mm -hmm. you've identified a very key answer and that is finding finding the guy or guys that are at the next level Mm -hmm. and you know Psalm 37, 37, mark the perfect man. Mm-hmm. Not perfect as complete. imperfection and yeah, flawless, complete. but the man that is in the place he's supposed to be in, 
pursuing what he ought to be pursuing. Mark that man, put your eyes on him, and follow him. And every one of us have needed that in our life. We can't get to the next level without that. And something that's been raised as an awareness in my life, you know, a couple weeks ago I was down at the the meeting there with John Chansey, who was Mm -hmm. on our podcast a few weeks back, and I was asked to sit on a council. And I asked the question to the men that were being initiated to serve in this this men's ministry. I asked the question, I said, who is the older sage or older man in your life that is looking into your life and speaking into your life on a regular basis. And I asked that question because it had occurred to me that for the first time in my life over these last few years, I don't have that. That's a lack that I recognize. I need that voice in my life right now. Mm -hmm. So it's an essential thing that everybody's got to have. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that awareness too, if we we can look at that as a two-sided coin, number one, we need that. But then the other mm-hmm. side of that coin is there is somebody that is needing us to be that for them. Mm-hmm. So I look in my life, and especially the older that I get, the more that I can reflect back on life lessons, and I can see some things that my father instilled in me. Other men played vital roles in my life. So I've got two sons and a daughter at the house that are needing me to be that that next-level person for them. How many guys right now are dads simply because, hey, I'm in my 30s. I, you know, I, it's time for me to get married and settle down. In reality, they're just kids. Those individuals who just think, you know, and I, I've been there myself, where you think, okay, well, this would be fun to do. And you don't even realize what you're doing. You don't even realize mm-hmm. what you're applying for or going to buy or whatever it may be. You just think you're entitled to it. It's, just, it's that stage in life, and, you know, I want more money, whatever it may be. But people are actually looking to us. They actually need us. You know, my kids do not ask to be born. I mean, I'm, they are my responsibility. They need a father, not just somebody who said, well, it's time for me to have kids. I want to have kids. So where you're at right now, old Moatton, Sunship. what is helping you, aside from looking up to some older men, and there's areas where that plays out in your life, what else is big right now at helping you grow and move to the next level? I'd say one thing for me in a very practical way has been reading, trying to read a lot of good books and trying to, because I, I think that's something I've kind of grown in the last year, last couple of years of my life is reading good books and I learned that that challenges me, and the Lord often works through those to draw my heart to Christ and just improve and help me grow as a person, as a minister, as a believer. Mm-hmm. You guys know who Watchman Nee is, old preacher from several from a few generations back. He, he said each stage of the believer's walk possesses its particular hazard. The new life within us wages a constant war against all which opposes its growth. During the physical stage. It is a war against sins. In the soulish phase, it is a battle against the natural life. And lastly, on the spiritual level, it is an onslaught against the supernatural enemy. Mm. And you find yourself in one of those places right now in your life. Not that you don't have an awareness of all of it. You know, the the brand new believer, the youngest one in the room, let's say right here for this conversation, is Noah. The youngest one in the room, Noah, you understand very much real-time the war against everything trying to oppose you from growing. That's the stage that you're at. But you also know that on that physical stage that you're battling some sins in your life. You're aware of that. You also know that there's going to be a battle against the world trying to take control of you. That, But 
But where I feel, for example, that I'm at in that is I feel very comfortable. I feel very comfortable saying that I, I strongly feel I'm in that soulish phase. For me, I've reached a point where it is very much the battle's hot and heavy against the natural world around me. I don't want any of that. I'm, I'm trying to cut loose of it as much as I can and diminish that stuff in my life. You know, it's the John the Baptist thing. He must increase, I must decrease. So just the awareness of, of those stages and, and knowing where you're at. I think that word awareness keeps coming back up quite a bit in this conversation. What we've got to have, we've got to have our spiritual fathers, right? And, and I keep thinking about this as you guys are talking. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 15, let me back up and read from verse 14. I write not these things to shame you, but as my beloved sons, I warn you. For though ye have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have ye not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. Remember I said earlier the mark of a father is he begins to reproduce himself in others. And Paul gives us all a very important warning. We see this all the time. Men that are out there listening to the latest, greatest thing that they can get a hold of, the, the newest movement, the newest fad, whether it's in... And, and there's so many out there that are trying to instruct. But what we've got to do is find those fathers in our life that will bring us up to that next level. I think we're – it's like we're extremists in a way. You know, you got the guy in the park. He, 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 he wanted to get healthy, and he wanted, but now he's running in the park with a parachute behind his back, and he spends thousands of dollars, and he's, he's trying to look like the guy on the cover of a magazine. Really, all he needed was to just work out five times a week. He just needed the four-pack. Four, yeah, four-pack challenge, buddy. Yeah. That's all you need, yeah. three to four forget times a week. Forget that six-pack nonsense. Yeah, forget that. Or you have the individual who needs to lose weight, and they end up going to the other extreme. And now they're having an eating disorder and they're too skinny. It's it, they go from one extreme to the other. And that's what happens so much versus just finding that middle ground and learning and maturing versus finding the next fad. Yeah, because yeah. If, if we get in too big a hurry to use that analogy, everybody knows that these fad diets are just that. They're fads. 30 pounds in 30 days. Will it work? Yes. Will it last? No. 100% guarantee it won't last. And most often... The latter end is worse than when you started because nothing that happens quickly will stay very long. And this process of growing and maturing, I think we need to learn how to be kind to ourselves and saying that it's okay to go slow. Yeah, Yeah. that's that's been a recurring theme throughout this whole conversation that helped me so much was I've, I've, I've grown to understand more what Paul was talking about when he spoke to Timothy and he said, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers. And one of the men that he was speaking to Timothy about not letting despise, I genuinely believe he was speaking that straight to Timothy. Timothy, don't don't feel that, okay, well, I'm not where so-and-so is. Or, okay, I, I'm a pastor of this church, so I should be at such-and-such level. No, the level that you are at right now is the level that the Lord has you at. Accept that. Don't be content there. Don't don't decide that, okay, well, I've arrived. Have a hunger to get to the next level, but give yourself the grace to say, I am where I am by the grace of the Lord, and He will grow me as long as I am yielded to Him and as long as I hunger after Him. He will grow me in His time. He will develop me into what I need to be. He will mold me. 
but I do not need to be anything else for anybody else because he and he alone matters. And the quicker that we can accept that and and apply that thought to our own life, we'll experience freedom. We'll begin to experience joy and contentment and satisfaction. And we'll enter into that abundant life that Jesus promised us because we'll be entering into the life with him. How do you top that? What you just said, E.T., about that, I'm going to use the word content, but I believe you all understand what I'm saying. Right now I'm reading an old book from by Jeremiah Burroughs called The Rare Jewel of Christian Contentment. And he talks about how that when we are in a certain place of life— Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I just got to throw in there and say that that kind of book, that's not what we're looking for. That title is too, not catchy enough. That uh, can't yeah. possibly help uh, me. Well, with the got, cover, did it have some cool artwork on the cover? It does. Okay, well, there you go. Oh, okay. That'll but be no, I've, I've wanted, it's, an old, it's like an old Puritan paperback. Well, but it I does said have that to good. be funny because it is, and I'll, I'll get, let you get back to your point, but it is funny how those old books like have these titles that are yeah. just the the point, you know, the yeah. matter of fact. Yeah. Yeah. And today it's got to be some catchy kind of, you know, this will sell if we title it right. It's got right. like four points in the book and like 15 subpoints and 15 subpoints under Well, you open point. up the book and you have to get to like five pages in to actually realize it's a commentary on an epistle. Or one, like you look the at the title and you're like, what's this about? And you turn it in, I'm like, oh, this is about Colossians. The only, the only exception to this rule, gentlemen, is Tim Tebow. Not tempta- not temptation, Tim Tebow. Temptation is a bad dude. When Tim Tebow puts a book out, it usually is a one-word title, and it's awesome. Okay, carry on. I don't even know where I was at at this one. You were reading the, the rare jewel okay. of contentment. There's that hand. Hey, that's good. Good job. Mine so, like a steel trap. So in the book I refer to... <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Yeah, welcome <laughs> Welcome to the Code of Man. I'm so, I'm so used to recording him on... You know you're just going to cut that, so you might as well. Yeah, I was just yeah. going to clear it right yeah. up. Yeah. I just think about his mind's like a steel trap. <laughs> Closed, shut. <laughs> Good. Right, anyway, okay. would you continue you're reading on? The book. Okay. There was a guy. So, so one of the main things he points out in the book about finding contentment in whatever place we are at in our life is knowing that we are there in the providence of God. That we are not in a certain situation or a certain, as Brother Corey pointed out, a level of growth on accident. If we are there, we are there by God's will and God's providence. So when we are there, we need to be satisfied there knowing that it's not an accident, that God has a purpose for us being there. And like you pointed out, we don't we don't need to jump ahead. We don't need to get ahead of ourselves in the process. Because I think that's what gets so many young guys in trouble. Mm-hmm. And, and I say young guys because, you know, I are one. We, we feel that we have this expectation that, okay, if anybody is going to take me seriously, I have to be at such and such level. And what I have had to start asking myself is, who am I trying to impress? Uh, I wish I wish I'd have thought about this and I'd have pulled the exact reference, but I believe it's in the beginning of Galatians that Paul, he basically comes out and charges the church and says, do you seek to please God or do you seek to please men? And And that mentality of, If I'm living to anyone else's expectations for my life other than Jesus Christ, then they are my master. I have put them into a place, and I have made an idol out of the perceptions of man, the expectations of the quote-unquote brethren, you know, well, so-and-so, because, you know, I'm an associate pastor at a church, I should be at X level. None of that matters, and then we get in trouble because we start becoming 
or trying to become something that we're not yet, we start trying to portray ourselves as someone farther along down the road. And then not only are we crippling our own growth, but we're also derailing those ones that are looking to us for help and counsel as well. I like that you brought in God's providence into this. I am where I am by God's providence. Number one, because I've yielded myself to him, and how else can I get anywhere? Unless I'm in the gutter and a mess Mm -hmm. of my own making, I'm where I am in God's timing and God's leading. Very important. He's the shepherd of our soul. So Paul has said in Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. That is a critical point to bring into the conversation that, you know, God has your back in this. Don't get ahead of him. Don't, don't, don't fall behind him, but don't get ahead of him. Trust him. Let him lead this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me, he leadeth me, he restoreth me. It is a process that God is ultimately in charge of, and our part is to comply. I think to add on to that a little bit, and as Philippians points out, that God is going to finish the work in us. And as we've mentioned a few times this episode, that this life is a process and that that's, that's okay. That God doesn't use the, like, jump, he do, like you've pointed out, that it's not quick growth, but it's the steady process. You think about if you do anything of really a value in this life. I know you pointed out the fad diets and how if you go quickly that 30 pounds in 30 days, it's not going to last. But if you go and have a steady life of health and nutrition, you're going to be in a better spot at the end. And it's it's true in our Christian life as well. One of the things that I was doing earlier today, I was just jotting some things down and I was thinking about how we look for mentors uh, or fathers or leaders. And this other point that we've been talking about, we also look for peers. You know, who's in my life that's sharing the journey I'm at right now? And we've got that represented in this room also in multiple levels. I mean, I may be the Gen Xer in the room and the Gen Zer, you know, across from me, uh, but we're all sort of at the same time sharing a journey. So there's there's that crossover in all of this. And I wrote down three things that I think kind of I'm looking for when I'm looking for some brothers in my life. I wrote down, I'm looking for men who will balance me, meaning that I have some strengths, I have some gifts, but you guys might not know this, I have some weak areas in my life. <gasps> Amen. Wow. Yeah, thanks a lot. Inconceivable. Thanks for the sarcasm you, being thrown this way. You use that now. word a lot. does not mean what you think it means. Well, what I'm looking for is I'm looking for somebody to balance me. I'm looking for somebody that can come alongside me and make up those areas that I'm lacking in. And then I, I also, I'm looking for somebody to challenge me. I want to be challenged by my peers that are shoulder to shoulder with me. Uh, I want somebody that's going to push me. Why? Because challenging, challenging me means you believe in me. You know, you're not gonna you're not gonna trust me or put me out there to do more if you don't think I can do it. You you challenge me because you believe in me. So I want someone to uh, balance me, challenge me, and I want someone to empower me. And that comes from both the leader as well as my peers. And so when I say empower me, what I'm looking for is someone who trusts me Mm -hmm. and also someone who is commending me, who is blessing me, who is saying not only do I give this to you because I know you can handle it, but I'm telling you, you can handle this. You've got this. And so taking all those things, challenge me, balance me, empower me, and then also turning around, as we've talked about, and handing that to the guys behind us. So to me, those were kind of some key thoughts to bring it all together, kind of wrap it up is where I was thinking. The only thing that I want to do is just speak toward your part about commending, because one thing that I've learned in my life is there is definitely a difference in someone speaking commendation 
and someone flattering you. Mm-hmm. Flattery, I mean, yeah, it sounds good. It tickles your ears, might make you feel all warm and fuzzy. But ultimately, it does you absolutely no good. But I have, I have had the opportunity to have someone that I, that I very well respect speak commendation, and it does exactly that. It empowers it. Okay, you know, it's not just a cheap compliment or a token. Oh, ain't that cute? You know, oh, you're doing such a good job. You're so you know, sweet. Make a great preacher one day. Yeah, none, none, yeah. Of, none of that stuff. <laughs> none of that stuff helps at all. But when it is somebody that, that you're looking at that is either A, a peer, somebody that is in the fray with you, B, a father, a mentor, somebody that is is playing at vital role, or even if it's somebody that you know is looking towards you that speaks that word of commendation of, you are helping me want to be more like Jesus. Thank you. All three of those, now all of a sudden, it's, it's like it solidifies to say, there's so much outside opposition, but the Lord is doing something. He is, he is validating my life. I'm not here by accident. I'm not here just spinning my wheels. But this is real, and this is important, and, and that is astronomically different than just cheap compliments. So those words of affirmation you're talking about, I think that's another mark of maturity, is the individuals in your life that, you, that, that those words matter and that, that you seek that affirmation from is not wanting to let them down. Yes. And that is a, that, that showing that a person is truly growing and wants to grow, because when you have someone who could just care less— it, that that just shows they're immature and they only care about themselves. But when you truly want to succeed and you are looking for those older, more mature, those people to balance you, you want those people to think highly of you. You want them to call you at the middle in the middle of the night because they want some somebody they can depend on. That's the person that you want to call. It means something to you. Mm-hmm. So, I think if I were to itemize the list. And I tried to kind of jot this down as you were giving some final comments. What helps us to reach the next level? Number one, awareness. Just an awareness of where we are, an awareness of where we're headed, and an awareness of what might be opposing that. So awareness is a big thing. Number two, the pace. It's okay to have slow growth. Slow growth is lasting growth. Thirdly, I would say find a father. Find a leader. Find someone that's a mentor that will help you to develop and grow. And then the fourth thing, bring somebody else along. That's going to be vital to your own growth and and maturing in the faith. And then last, certainly not least, is God has your back. He's going to finish this process in your life. So I guess if, if we've rambled somewhere along the way and stumbled over ourselves and made fun of one another, at least maybe we've also got some good out of this that we can pass on in this uh, podcast today. Most definitely. Most definitely, without a doubt. And so that being said, uh, I'd like to thank all of you for coming in today. For having me. Again, it's good to have Napoleon back with us. The beard's looking good. Thank you. You're kind of back into that. Um, he no, no, no. may be E.T., but you're wearing, you're wearing the Elliot hoodie. So, hey, thanks again <laughs> for being here, guys. Thanks for listening, and we're going to uh, say our goodbyes. We're going to start with our special oh, guest. He's been dreaming of this moment for the last well, two years. Well, I don't know if you guys have been listening, but we haven't signed off with those old sign-offs no, all year. I noticed that, Les. No. Yeah. Wait, so, what? It's, it's been all... I know, you haven't been listening. We've been... <laughs> y'all don't do sign-offs is, anymore? This podcast we, has man. been the most disruptive... 
quirky, weird podcast we've done all year. What is that supposed to mean? I don't know. I'm just telling you. I think it's supposed to be. I'm just kind of sharing it with you. I'm just huh. sharing. I'm sharing my heart. Okay. Yeah. I'm watering you so I can be watered. Yeah. I feel led to tell you that it's been working without you. <laughs> it's not. It's the Lord's it's will you that him. you move on. <laughs> That's gold, buddy. Anyway, Hashtag. so until next time, for old time's sake. This is Mike Overtrek Barnett saying goodbye. Thank you. See you again. Happy trails. God bless you. Keep an eye out for Bigfoot. And this is Noah Moat and Hooper saying thank you for listening. This is Dr. Dean Roland Napoleon, and this is not your grandma's podcast. (laughs) Whoa. Wow. Well, apparently we don't do them anymore. Oh, my goodness. Go ahead there, Mr. Uh, Well, this is Corey Easy Target Cantrell, and apparently I don't have anything else to say. You're welcome. You're welcome. champion